Howdy, folks. It is Tuesday, May 3rd. I'm here with Hustle writer Rob Litterst. I'm Jacob Cohen, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. Later in today's episode, it wasn't too long ago that virtual meetup and event platforms seemed to take over our lives literally overnight. We were doing godforsaken happy hours on Zoom, and people were saying the end is nigh for in-person meetups of any kind. But then the in-person happy hours seemed to start coming back, and now we're wondering what's the future hold for all these virtual event businesses. So we're going to discuss, but before we get into that, as always, here are a few things you should know. Let's get crackalacking. Rob, how we doing? Doing good, JC. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic on this fine day, although the allergies, I know we were discussing the allergies, oh, not as good. <laughs> the pollen is overwhelming. You can hear it in my congested voice right now. <laughs> yeah. What are you looking at? So the first thing that I'm looking at today is the Wikimedia Foundation, which is the parent of Wikipedia, has stopped accepting cryptocurrency donations. Mm. So if you know anything about Wikimedia, it is a nonprofit. They take donations. They run off of donations. They're a completely decentralized entity. They have editors who are working on Wikipedia from all over the world, editing posts, adding context to posts. Mm -hmm. It's really a pretty unbelievable organization in a lot of ways. The decision to stop accepting crypto was a really big deal for them. So there's a really lengthy discussion with about 400 members of the Wikimedia community where the majority voted to do away with crypto contributions, 234 to 94. Mm. And they decided to do this for a couple of reasons. The first being the environmental impact of crypto, which has been well documented. Yeah along with the prevalence of scams. So to put it into context, it's not like Wikimedia has made a monster move here and they're like eschewing a ton of money that's trickling in. <laughs> okay. The total donations that they got in crypto in 2021 only resulted in $130,000, which made up 0.08%, not oh. 8%, 0.08% of its total donations. So a very small move here, but kind of a big optics play right. for kind of taking this stance against crypto. And why this matters is Wikipedia is kind of an example of what some crypto enthusiasts really kind of hope crypto can ultimately become. Mm -hmm. One of the most hyped use cases for crypto that you and I have talked about a lot is this idea of decentralized autonomous organizations or DAOs, yep. which are essentially decentralized groups coming together for a common good. The most prominent example being Constitution DAO. And Wikipedia has been doing this for years. They have a lot of experience here. They're probably one of the most successful decentralized groups in the yeah. world. And the fact that they're kind of eschewing crypto, I think, is kind of a big move for them. And the fact that they're taking a stance against crypto is just very interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's really crazy when you think about it. Wikipedia is one of the most visited sites on the internet. <laughs> it's run by no one, basically. <laughs> uh, and it's pretty remarkable. Obviously, the joke it used to be, you know, at school, you can't even use Wikipedia. Now it's probably one of the most accurate sources of information on the internet on many topics because it's decentralized. But at the same time, here we have a case where they're stopping to accept crypto donations, which is the same kind of people that, that probably love the concept of Wikipedia as an entity. So exactly. It is interesting. It does feel like kind of an indictment of crypto from Wikipedia, right? It kind of feels like they're taking a big stance here and that they are kind of skeptical of what crypto's ultimate intentions are. And I know that's a big statement and a loaded statement. There are a lot of use cases for crypto, but it feels significant that Wikipedia has taken this stance. Yeah. I also think it speaks to where crypto 
is in its current state, right? Because they would love to accept donations of any kind <laughs> at the end of the day, right? If you've ever logged in, yeah. It's no secret they, they need some <laughs> money to continue operating. And they'd love crypto if you could give them some crypto. But they're also willing to say, you know, there's a line. And right now, crypto doesn't mesh so well with the environment. Until that happens, here's what we're going to do. End of story. All right, JC, what are you looking at? Okay, so Uber is going to be releasing earnings tomorrow evening after market close. And it's going to be really interesting to watch what happens. Shares are down around 31% year to date. And they've had their fair share of challenges. So inflation has been challenging, consumer spending. They've had the spread of Omicron, just COVID in general. And of course, surging gas prices, probably one of the biggest factors here. They implemented a temporary fuel surcharge, which is set to expire soon. That's right. Gas prices were averaging $4.19 a dollar Monday compared to $2.90 about a year ago. When you're running a business where the margins are so tight like this, that makes the insane difference. And it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But 100%. It seems like they've really been kind of holding strong which is interesting to watch. In a March filing, Uber said February trips were 90% recovered from their February 2019 level. So we're back up to 90% of pre-COVID, which honestly I think is great for them. And why I find this interesting is because the last couple of weeks we really saw the rest of big tech get schlacked, hit by a cruise missile during earnings. Few came out unscathed. But while Uber is definitely a big tech company, It's always viewed as a tech company. At the end of the day, it's really a mobility company. It's a car operations company more than it is necessarily just a prototypical software company. So it will be very interesting to see how all these other macro factors play into Uber's earnings compared to the rest of these tech companies out of San Francisco. In other news, Lego announced plans to triple the number of computer engineers working at the company in a push to expand its digital operations. The company has long held back on digital, fearing it could have a negative impact on its physical toys. I mean, what this sounds like to me is they realized they could have made Roblox before Roblox made itself. Exactly. (laughs) And now they're like, we have a big opportunity here that we missed, (laughs) and let's, let's figure out how we can adjust. Also... Spirit Airlines rejected a $3.6 billion takeover bid from JetBlue, opting to stick with its plan to merge with Frontier. While JetBlue's offer valued Spirit higher than Frontier, Spirit's board said the decision was due to increased closing risk, fearing regulators would bar the deal. And with that, I think it is time to discuss back to office, virtual events. What do you say? Let's do it. So, JC, I don't know if you remember this, but in the beginning of the pandemic, there was a startup called Hopin, a virtual events platform that very quickly became the fastest growing European startup of all time. So Mm. people were using the app to do virtual conferences, virtual events, all sorts of stuff like that, right? In the absence of actual physical conferences and that sort of stuff. And their valuation went crazy very, very fast. So the company more than tripled its valuation to almost $8 billion in August of 2021. But now that in-real-life events are back, Hopin's valuation is coming down a little bit, and 
everybody's kind of questioning, like, what are we going to do with these virtual happy hours and these virtual events? Is this something that is actually going to continue happening? Right. Hopin has had a few pretty significant challenges in 2022. Like a lot of other tech companies, there's pretty much nobody that's immune to this. You just mentioned Uber has fallen 31% this year. We literally just wrote about all the FANG stocks getting crushed so far this year. So first of all, layoffs. They had to let go 12% of their workforce in February. They are a private company still, but the price of their private shares fell 41% in Q1 on a platform called Zanbato, which is a trading market for private companies. Mm. And lastly, JC, this is the craziest one to me. So in November of 2020, Hopin featured over 15,000 virtual events. Okay. Its site now has fewer than 500. Oy vey, Mir. <laughs> I don't want to say that virtual events are done, that this right. is the end of virtual events. I mean, they're cheaper, they're more inclusive, they're more environmentally friendly. Nobody has to jump on a plane. Absolutely. They also work really well with remote work, right? Which a lot of workers are moving to. Yeah. So I think there's a pretty good chance that virtual events have a place in the future of events. At the beginning of the pandemic, everyone's give it one year. No one's ever going to meet in person again, ever the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. Now we're there a year later, but we're also doing virtual events still. Exactly. What's interesting, Zoom stock is actually down, I believe, like 66% since this time last year. So I feel like that's a good comparison company in the public markets. But in terms of Hopin, I feel like it gives, like you said, a lot of flexibility for companies, for different kinds of events, especially with the remote work trend, because that is not going to slow down. People demand that a lot right now, and more and more people want remote jobs. And I feel like platforms like Hopin, platforms like Loom that have like really strong work use cases are going to be okay. I think a company like Hopin, despite the fact that it's down right Right. now, I think it's probably in line with the rest of the market. I don't know. I'd be optimistic about Hopin going forward. I feel like it still has its use cases. So a lot of these companies that have popped up over the last two years around virtual meetups, kind of giving Zoom a run for their money. To their credit, I feel like Zoom has done a lot of work on their platform on the back end. But on the front end, if you look at Zoom, if you were to, you know, think back to Zoom two years ago and open it up today on your computer, it doesn't really look different at all. Looks the exact same. Exactly. And there's a lot of companies that have popped up. Gather, uh-huh. which is a cool one that makes you look like you're meeting people in like a Pokemon game. Oh, <laughs> um, no way. Yeah. So there's some cool innovation here. It'll be interesting to give it like another year or so and just see what sticks. And bada bing, bada boom, that is it, folks. For more on The Hustle's tech and business coverage and links to all kinds of cool stuff from around the web, check out our newsletter at thehustle.co. Thanks to our editor, Robert Hartwig, and executive producer, Darren Clark. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Rob Litters. You've been listening to The Hustle Daily Show brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. See you tomorrow.